Jewish gospel, and I'm here today to talk about something that I'm really excited about, and I hope you are as well, um, and that's something called divine partnership. Because folks, we are the solution. I hate to break this to you, we are the solution. Even though you don't feel like it right now, maybe we've got a really ropey week, but we are the solution. So, it's a, it's a really simple message, but I think it's a really vital one. Vital for us as individuals, and vital for us as community, vital for us as an island as well, as a, as a church of 69,000 people who live on uh, the island of Anglesey. Um, and I want to start it off with a, with a passage. Some of you will know this one, it's quite a famous one, but it's from Hebrews 2, and it's uh, 14 to 18 there. And... Well, I'll, I'll read it out to you. It says this, Since children, you are made of flesh and blood. It's logical that the Saviour took on flesh and blood in order to rescue them by his death, by embracing death, taking it into himself. He destroyed the devil's hold on death, freed all who cower through life, scared to death of death. It's obvious, of course, if you didn't go to all this trouble for angels, it was for people like us, children of Abraham. That's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself, all the pain, all the testing, and would be able to help where help was needed. Fantastic passage that is, isn't it? Uh, uh, the Chris Ingalls service had the privilege of speaking and just sharing the idea of uh, the word becoming flesh, becoming flesh, and and some of some of what that means. And basically, that means that when 
my days are numbered. When I go before God, then Jesus will be stood there beside me and say, I know this man. He's my friend. He is perfect. Now, I hope Karen's there at the time because she will laugh her head off when she hears that because she knows full well I am not, but Jesus is. And that's what Jesus can do. He can make you before God perfect. But we miss out a little bit, I think, because we maybe just focus all on that. Sometimes I do, I'll be honest with that, with you about that. I can put on the next slide, please. Um, the three C's there. God, by coming down on earth, Jesus, and dying for our sins, he created a covenant, a contract with us. I'll talk about that a bit later. And he also showed immense commitment. What commitment to come down, to leave heaven, to come down, take everything on himself. What incredible love that is. But then there's another word there, the third word, the third C, and that's something called consent. And that's where we have to come in. And maybe that's a challenge that we all have to think about this morning and each day as we go through. Because there's another passage you want us just to have a quick look at now. And again, it's a famous one. It's from Ephesians 2. And it's 8 to 10. It's one you'll heard a lot. And some of you will be able to to read out without me even putting it up there, the very first verse of this one, because it says this, for it is by grace you've been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Fantastic, isn't it? Fantastic that we can go and Jesus can say, he's my friend. He's perfect. Not because of what John's done, what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Overcome that sin. But we have to miss the next bit. Which says this. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Sometimes we can be guilty of saying it's all about us, it's all about me, it's all about me being made perfect. But I want to read that bit again. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now before I go on any further, I've just got an advert for us. This is of a, a well-known worship. Uh, CD that's uh, for sale around the country at the moment, uh, and I'll just let it roll now.
sound. Uh, But we can be like that, can't we? We can hear that that really important part of that that gospel message that God died for us, that we can go before God and say, Lord, I am perfect uh, because of what Jesus has done, and focus it all about me. This is why Jesus did it. It's all about me. And it's sort of this, but we're missing a very, very crucial part of this. God is God. And we were created for him to do good works through us. Not the other way around. And that's really, if you can go to sleep now, folks, I've done it. That's the whole message in a way. I've not finished. But, uh, but that is it. Just please remember the focus there is God is God. And we have been given this great privilege. This great privilege to work in this divine partnership with him, not to do our good works, but to do God's good works. I'm so pleased you're not doing my good works, because mine are pretty rubbish. And what I'd ask for would be probably pretty rubbish as well, really. But if we can get involved and do God's good works, and let God really work through us, what an incredible impact that could be. Some of the worship songs that we've been just singing before about our great and mighty God, worthy of all praises, because he can do great things. You can't, maybe moderately good things maybe, but you can't do great things, but God can. There's two privileges that God has given to man. The first is this privilege of salvation. Whereas we can have this privilege of entering into this intimate and eternal relationship with God, to be unified with him in love. Fantastic. But it doesn't just stop there. There's even more. There's a second one as well, and here it is. The second great privilege is to serve God with good works, which he performs through us as we allow him to do so. Both of these privileges are a result of God's grace. Two, not just one, two great privileges that we have. Some of you will know the name Jackie Plunger. Uh, she, uh, she did some great things and had a book written about her called Chasing the Dragon. She worked with drug addicts in, uh, in Hong Kong uh, and did amazing, amazing work there. And, and she said this, our works don't earn salvation. 
they do demonstrate it. They do demonstrate it. If you put the next uh, slide up, so we come back to uh, those three C's again. Covenant, a contract. I think we all know what that means. Unbreakable. But God offers us. We accept Him, Lord and Saviour. Commitment that transforms the promise into reality. It's the words that speak boldly of our intentions, and it's the actions which speak louder than the words. And then there's this last one. And I missed this one out before, because this is where we have to come in to this. God relies on us to give our consent, permission for something to happen, or an agreement to do something, to allow him to be Lord of our lives so that we can be the people that we're meant to be. Uh, John talked about uh, what sin was last last week, but the story was really powerful, where he talked about the, uh, being a bit like a, a target, and not about things we do wrong, but about a target. I mean, we miss getting in the middle. We miss getting right 10 out of 10 every time. And if you miss that, then that's it. You're not... I'm none of us going to get there. We're all going to fall short of God's standard. Well, we can, by asking God into our life, by asking Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour and take control, by giving that consent into our life, then we can get a lot closer and maybe hit the mark a lot more often than we would do, but certainly without it. There's, uh, I don't often quote Desmond Tutu, who is a, a South African uh, preacher. I'm not sure if he's still alive, actually. He may or may not be. I don't know, to be perfectly honest with you. But he said this, which I thought really sums up something that uh, we need reminded of occasionally. For whatever reason, since humankind showed up upon the scene, God does nothing without a human partner. That's what we might argue a lot more with that, but I'm going to hold to it. Um, I was reading the other day about uh, Moses and uh, God speaking to Moses, and it goes to that paraphrasing it terrifically, so please do forgive me with this. But God says something like this He says, I will free my people from Egypt. Right, Moses, can you go over to Pharaoh and just have a chat with him? Hold on a minute. God, you just said, I am going to free my people from Egypt. But he wanted to work, didn't he? And he worked with this guy who'd led it off years before and we think probably had a really bad stutter and was wandering around in the desert and he chose him. And it's always puzzling me, why did you go for these people who were so flawed? Why did you go, where's the Old Testament littered with all these people who mess up all the time and then it don't know it's because they were the ones who gave consent to God to come into their lives and take control and then they were able to do great things and that stuttering nomad was able with God to lead his people out of Egypt's clutch 
And our little shepherd boy, David, was able to waltz up with a, a few pebbles and knock down the SAS of the Philistine army, who also happened to be the biggest guy in the army. Not because he was the best soldier in the Israelite army, but because he was willing to give consent to God in his life. Got a quiz for you next. So next slide, please. There you go. Um, it's nice to use this one. There's only four things on the screen there. Uh, but I want you to, to have a look at that. I think a couple of those will be oh, so easy, it's unbelievable. And I'm going to go clockwise, top left-hand corner, first of all. Uh, they're all obviously images uh, that are instantly recognisable, or at least some of them will be. So if you know what the uh, top left-hand one is, and if you don't, where have you been all your life? Okay, you've obviously been under the rock all your life then, because it is actually HRH Queen Elizabeth. Okay, uh, I actually got that photo from uh, Barry's wallet before, because he's on the fifty-pound notes. <laughs> Um, the next one, a bit harder. Does anybody know who that is? Abraham Lincoln. Well done, very knowledgeable you, you guys here. And then uh, obviously a bit more highbrow. The next one, bottom right-hand corner. That is Mr. Bean, and it's actually that image is actually made using beans. Yeah, I wouldn't believe it at all either. But if you look closely, you can see the bottom left-hand corner a pack of beans at the there. Uh, made his face from. And then the bottom right hand corner, some of you I think will know this. Elizabeth, yeah. Headwind, yeah. That's the thing at Colwyn Bay. Uh, it was uh, all around the country they were, they did pictures in the sand uh, near Armistice Day, the 100th uh, anniversary of the end of the First World War. Uh, and Headwind was one of the ones they did, and that was at Colwyn Bay there. So it's the images, aren't they? Instantly recognisable there. And uh, say, for example, with the money ones especially, because they have that image on them that they are legal tender. Uh, evidently, I believe, I don't know how strictly this is adhered to, but if you do anything to the uh, image of the of money, of, of pound uh, notes, then I believe you can actually be fined. I don't know if anybody after it has been, but you know, it's not something that should be done, evidently. It's illegal. But the question is, what image are you carrying? I think the Bible is amazing because it doesn't say anything really about what Jesus looked like. If they were writing a novel today, it would be straight away. The first thing the Bible would say was, he had dark, swarthy hair and uh, a dark beard, or something like that, whatever it would be. But we're not told really anything about his appearance, except for it wasn't anything special. That's all we know about that. And I think that's fantastic, really, that we don't know anything about his appearance. Because if we, if we did know something about his appearance, then we'd all try, probably, and think that is the way to salvation. It's just about appearance how we look. Uh, in Islam, Muhammad, they say, if you were wondering why many devout Muslims have a beard and no tash, it's because some writers say that Muhammad, that's what he looked like. And so to be like their prophet, Muhammad, they think, like, okay, I look like him, therefore I am. Well, 
Jesus didn't do that. He didn't want us to try and just pretend to look like him. He wanted us to be him in situations. To be the partner, the divine partner, the world changer in those situations. So whose image are you carrying? Because if it's not Jesus, it's the wrong image. I hate to break this to you. If you haven't got Jesus' image coming out of you, then you've got the wrong image. There's a little uh, picture there of a toothbrush. Okay? We are meant, all of us, to be Jesus' image carriers. Okay? We all have that role um, to carry out. And it's a bit like, really, a toothbrush being a toothbrush. If you drop your toothbrush, and I've done this, I must confess, if you drop your toothbrush in the toilet, <laughs> you tend not to be so great. And you tend not to think, oh, and I didn't use it again, I just want to answer that. <laughs> I didn't use it. it goes straight in the bin. It then becomes rubbish, doesn't it? Because it's not been used for the way it should be done. Okay? And our lives should have that image of Jesus, should have that right image and not be dropped in the toilet. Because <laughs> that's not what it was there for. Go to the next slide, please. It is not what am I doing for the Lord, but what is the Lord doing through me? I'll say that again because it can take a little bit of getting your head around. It's not what I am doing for the Lord, but it's what the Lord is doing through me. Sometimes we flip it around too much, don't we? Sometimes we make it, it's all about me, Lord. It's not. There's a passage down from Corinthians 3 that says this. When one of you says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting like worldly people? After all, who is Apollos? And who is Paul? We are simply God's servants, by whom you were led to believe. Each one of us does the work which God gave him to do. Then it says, nine. If we are partners working together for God, and you are God's field, you are also God's building. We were created for God. God wasn't created for us. Um, in Psalm 84, it says this, One day spent in your house beats a thousand spent on a Greek island beach. I'm paraphrasing again. I'd rather scrub the floor of the house of my God than be a renowned guest in the palace of sin. So if you're thinking that, well, actually, I, I quite like God being for me, and it all about being me. Well, I have to break it to you. It's not. God is God. I want to finish, really, now, with this. <coughs> Consent, permission for something to happen, or an agreement to do something. No change may be made without the consent of all the partners. If you want to make change in your life, 
If you want to make change in your family and be the change in that family, if you want to be the change in Anglesey, your community, your village, then you have got to give consent to Jesus to be the centre of your life. And only then can you have that impact. Are you willing to give consent? Am I willing to give that consent? Are you ready, here and now, to commit yourself completely and without any reservation to real partnership with God? I pray that I am. I pray that we all are. Because if we are, just think what we could do. Just think what we could do in our own lives to make change. Just think what we could do in our own families to make positive change. Just think what we could do in our communities to make positive change. Just think what we could do in this island to make incredible change. The guys are going to come up and, uh, and play for us. And one of the songs they're, they're going to be singing, I think, is Amazing Grace. And there's this line, I think Kerry mentioned that on Friday actually, so negative Kerry, sorry. And it says this, love so amazing, so divine. God's love, so amazing, so divine. And then it says this, demands my soul, my life, my all. Are you willing to give consent to God? That's it, folks. Is that stuff?